Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. What's up, everyone? And welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Christian Hoyser, one of the developers behind the upcoming title known as Death Trash. Thanks for joining. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm very glad that you came on and you agreed to do this because honestly, this is one of the games that I'm looking forward to the most. Um, Death Trash is is a game that I, I played the demo recently. I think it was like a few weeks or maybe a month or so back. And I, I instantly fell in love with it to the point where I uh, played it for a little bit and then put it down immediately because I said, you know what? I want to experience this uh, when it's, you know, obviously more baked because I'm just going to have to redo it again. Um but I am super, super hyped for it. Um, before we get into the game, though, uh, this is more more or less just me promoting it for people to be like, you should play this game. Um, but before we get into that, uh, let's talk about you. Uh, I love to get to know the people behind the games before we we dive too far into it. Um, so Christian, tell me a little bit about yourself. Kind of how did you get started into game development in the first place? Oof. Uh, so... Four years ago, five years ago... I've been studying electrical engineering. Wow. At the okay. Technical the ETH Zurich, Technical uh -huh. University in Zurich, and I failed the oh, no. exam. Uh it was that point where you you're like okay, what do I do now? Right, right. <laughs> like, do I change what I study? Do I do something else? And I went to the um career counseling uh, the result of it was you go and do design, <laughs> like some design, no, no matter uh, industrial design, maybe even uh, clothing design, whatever, go do design. Okay. Uh, and that's when I, when I started looking around and I've been playing video games for a while. I've, I've, I never considered myself a gamer in that sense. I never saw okay. video games as part of who I am. It's just a hobby I you, had on the side. What would you say that means? I'm, I'm interested to hear, like, why, why don't you consider yourself a gamer? That, that for me, a gamer is somebody who, who uses, who, who uses video games as, as, as part of who he is. Okay, I see. Right? It, I see. It, it's an identifying feature of a person. And for me, it was just always a hobby. By now, video games are my job. Like, I, I live making video games. So, of course, right. now it's a bit different than back then. But back then, I was casual gaming, some Nintendo, some AAA games, some, some like AAA games which managed to, to burst into my bubble, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so I went on this search for what kind of designs are there, and I stumbled over game design. Mm. 
and so uh, and once once you get into this once once you get into this bubble of how do I get a game designer? One of the first advices you get is game designer is not for gamers. <laughs> okay. like, don't, don't be a game designer just because you want to play video games. Game designer needs to have general knowledge in all directions. Game designer needs to be able to program a bit. Game designer needs to know some art, whatever. Right. All, right. all this stuff. And this... These things, all these things, which people say to warn hobby gamers to say that to tell them that hey, maybe game design is not what you imagine it to be. Maybe you shouldn't do this. All this spoke to me on a level where I was like, I want to do this. I am all these things. <laughs> right, right. And so I decided to do game design. I found this uh, school for game development here in berlin in germany uh which i liked which and went there after the first semester i changed from game design to game programming because i was better at programming but still did some game design on the side in all the projects mm -hmm. and in the last semester of school uh, we had to do an internship somewhere and thanks to one of the teachers of mine who knows the Stefan Hövelbrinks, who's the developer of Death Trash, who was up, up until I came, was the sole developer of Death Trash. Ah. Uh, my teacher introduced me to him. I ended up making the, making the internship with him and just stayed there since. Oh, that's great. Wow, so things just kind of worked out. I, I think it's so interesting that you mentioned the the idea of if you're a gamer that doesn't automatically translate to you're going to be good at making games, right? I think yeah. um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who who were in that boat, but I was also kind of in that. Like if I, I look at um, older like schoolwork that I did, and there was one that I remember very vividly that was like this project about like, what do you want to be when you're older? And I, I, at a very young age said, I want to design video games. And like, I've grown obviously to this point and I'm, I'm a much older individual. Uh, and I look back and I think about it. And as I grew, I very uh, quickly understood that, no, I have no interest in doing what it takes to do this because yeah. it's, you know, like you think about a game and it's like, Oh, I'm having so much fun. And then you think about designing a game and you're like, no, it's, it's work. Right, like yeah. it's you have to do stuff. <laughs> yeah, and that's why basically every introduction video to game designer is made for gamers, warning them that hey, it's different. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it and that you were brought on this path. Um, tell me a little bit about you know you mentioned uh, that for Death Trash it was a solo developer until you joined right um yes. is that still the case is it just the two of you or are there others that are currently working on the project at this moment in time so, so solo developer it's literally just stefan and he has uh, we have a music freelancer james dean who's uh, who's on the other side of the planet work uh, <laughs> yeah he's been at the project too from the very beginning and by now we also have one marketing freelancer. Gotcha. And that's it. <laughs> wow. But for the most part, it's it's really just you two when it comes to like a developing standpoint, right? Yeah. 
put putting stuff into the game is basically the two of us. Wow. That's impressive because there's there seems to be, you know, uh, a lot going on in Death Trash, at least from yeah. what I've played in the demo. Um, so congrats to you two, obviously. Um, how long have uh, have you been working on this project and how long has the game been in development in general? So the game started in 2015, I think, with a tweet of, of Stefan doing like a fan art <laughs> of for Fallout 4 saying I'm gonna do my own my own fallout with uh, blackjack and hookers <laughs> uh, like it, it it's pretty we can uh, the death trash can be pinpointed to that tweet and then it just developed a life of its own and became its own game That's yeah great. I started July 2020. <clears throat> I think, yeah, beginning of July 2020 was my internship. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so tell me, uh, and I know uh, some of this is probably that your teacher introduced you and it was kind of like you just had to do it in some case because that was part of the the curriculum and whatnot. But like um, what what pushed you to want to stay, right? Like why, you know, you could have at that point at the end of the internship just been like, okay, I'm going to go find some other job, right? Like what about Death Trash was the deciding factor where you were like, well, I'm going to keep working here. So one thing about this entire game design, game production, game development business is the bigger the company, the more the individual has to specialize into something. Right. Like as soon as the company, as the production team is larger than five people, I think you usually already have to split into programmers and uh, designers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They, they're already not like there's always a bit crossover and what and stuff, but generally there's this split where one is doing more the content side of things and the other is doing more the programming, and then if you go above. 10 people, you, you already have specialized programmer for something, specialized designer for balancing for the systems, right. these, these things. And I really love doing everything. <laughs> I mean, I, ca- I can't draw, so I'm, I'm not making the images for Death Trash, but I'm doing right, some, right. some tech art, some visual effects and these things. Um. But I really, really want to do everything and be involved in everything. Yeah. And it's incredible how much freedom I have to do on one side as a junior in Death Trash. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, it, it, I can do literally everything with the game I want. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm sure very rewarding to see, uh, you know, it in action as yeah. you're, you're getting all of this, this creative freedom. Yeah, I've had creative freedom, but I can also do like, I have to do parts of everything. I have to program, I have to write, I have to design stuff. Wow. Which, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it's a, a, a great learning experience, uh, if absolutely. not for nothing. Um, but I, I kind of am, am the same as you. And I, I think it makes sense. Like, I have the I have like a position in a company where I do I'm like a jack of all trades and there's a lot of times where I kind of joke that it's more or less if someone's busy like they'll throw that work to me because I kind of just pick up the pieces where they fall in a lot of ways but I love doing it because I in some cases will get bored 
if I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. So I, I hear you on that specialization part of like, I'd rather it be, I, I have a new task every day and get something where I'm like, Oh, cool. I get to work on this now. Right. And it becomes that, that joy of, of, uh, being able to dip your toe in different things. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, a team doesn't really get much smaller than two people. <laughs> right. mean, it, it can be half the size with one person. So that's it. <laughs> yeah. So there's literally no room for specialization with us. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, this is my last question before we dive into the game, but I'm just curious because um, as a person who was doing it from a, a solo development uh, standpoint, you know, I'm sure there's a little bit of of trepidation or reservation on on Stefan's side to to kind of give up their baby, right? Um, you mentioned kind of that you you have this creative freedom. Um, how how does the 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 conversation between the two of you go when you want to you know make these choices or or things to that nature? Because I I'm just interested in in someone who had worked from a solo perspective for so long and then and then is you know now in this this uh kind of joint uh commitment when it comes to the game i mean there's a lot of trust put into me i feel like um most of what i do is additive i'm, I'm adding on to what's there i'm not changing or dismembering the stuff stefan has done right okay most of the time when i do i i try to communicate it as clearly as possible what I'm about to change and why and it usually makes sense to him and then I can do it right right uh, but yeah there's a, a, I, I feel there's a ridiculous amount of trust put into me as a beginner game developer working on this I could I, I, I genuinely fear sometimes that I'm I will break something of the game mm -hmm. and uh, I always, everything I do, I do it in a way where it can be undone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course. Yeah, with, it, it, it and just requires constant feedback, constant checking every now and then. But, yeah, it works. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> It's good. It's good to hear because I, I'm sure there's, you know, there's another world where you could be working on a project where you have very little freedom because yeah. they uh really don't want you to make any changes right um so let's dive in to the actual game let's start talking about death trash um for those who don't know anything about this game how would you describe it what's your your elevator pitch you know okay uh death trash is a pixel art rpg in the vein of the old classics a la fallout planescape torment these kind of games from the was it the 90s from the 90s? I think so. Uh, yeah. But with a personality of its own, with a unique post-apocalyptic setting, which I have never seen before anywhere else, as well as modern gameplay elements like life, uh, like life action combat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh boy is it a interesting one as far as the environment goes. Um let's start with the name. Um and you uh I don't know if you know uh exactly this just because you know you joined the team later in, but uh did you ever talk to to Stefan about like why is it called Death Trash? 
I know his wife came up with the name. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, but and I know it just fits the game so perfectly. I don't want to change it. <laughs> that's all I can say, really. Okay, well, that's good. I think it is fitting. I think it it definitely it's one of those uh, those in a way catchy but not catchy i guess yeah because it's a name where you look at it and you're like death trash what the hell is that like what could that be and it it comes off as like at first as that kind of like oh grungy like edgy name but you look at it and you're like oh no i see what's going on here like this is definitely a a kind of like it's gruesome right but like intended to be that way um yeah yeah, it's it's interesting because you're clearly, or at least it seems like it, uh, it it gives off the appeal of kind of that Lovecraftian work. Um, it feels very like you have a meat, uh, giant Cthulhu like squid kind of like monster just to start with uh, in the game. You know, uh, what was like that main inspiration for for this theme? Right, like why are these elements so integral into what Death Trash is? That that's one thing I don't know how it came to be that way. Okay, okay. I, I know I know the story by now. What, what like I know our explanation for why they are here. Okay. Can you reveal? Can you reveal that? No, I can't. That's, oh damn. That, okay. That's, that's, that's not fine. even in the early access exactly. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> that, Those are spoilers uh, that you'll find out later. I guess. All right. That's fine. Spoilers, we yeah. can. We can move past it, but I do, I do really enjoy uh, the theme of it because it it has that like the fact that there's like that meat that's everywhere, and you uh, there's one specific dialogue where you're talking to someone and they're like, oh, I here's your free cube of meat, and you're yeah. like, why, why is there meat here? And he's like, I don't know, it's just here. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is great. Um, okay, but let's let's move on then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Uh, kind of one of my favorite things about the game, right, is is the freedom that you have. And what I mean by that is that you have like the way you you interact with others in this world. So, you know, I, I had a moment where uh, I talked to a doctor and I accidentally swung at them and I started fighting them. Right. And like I could have had uh, like I I you know, save scummed and then went back because I didn't want to do that. Uh, and, and then I, I talked to them and found out, you know, there was a whole quest line, but I could have had the option to just kill them and take all their stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is, is great. Um, because, you know, one choice might be better than the other. Um, but my main question is, is kind of around like the branching and the storyline that goes with a game like this. How much of that principle will be put into this game of like, you can do anything, you know, is this going to be a game where you can kill anyone or do anything and still play it? Or are you going to effectively, you know, close some walls if you do that? You can kill everybody and still finish the game. Interesting. Okay. You right. might not be able to understand why and what's happening because you killed information givers, but you can still physically reach every point relevant to finishing the game. Oh, well, that's interesting. Okay, so so that's you know that's the the I'm an evil overlord uh, yeah. kind of uh, storyline, right? Let's talk about is there a flip side to that? Is this game? one where I might be able to have a pacifist version of the game. We are trying to make it one. 
Okay. We, we, we were trying with uh, all the stats like empathy, animalism to go that way. Right now, I think it's going to be like uh, with the early access version coming out. Mm hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be really hard to do, not necessarily impossible. You can probably stealth through all the encounters and these things, but I think it's still very, uh, right now it's still a bit combat focused. Gotcha. Okay. So next, we want to go to, with it. Yeah. Right. So next to impossible, but there might be in the future a way. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I like when I play these type of games, um, it's it's strange. I almost put like a pressure on myself to always go the like I could talk my way out of anything mm -hmm. uh, character. And I feel like it always is very detrimental because a lot of games will do something where they're like, it's kind of like you could do pacifist, but it's like mm -hmm. a lot harder. And I don't know why. I guess I'm just a masochist when it comes to those those types of games. But I always enjoy the 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 options of, yeah. of you know you can you can talk your way out of this one or maybe you could fight your way out of whatever because it just adds to that element of like people have their own experiences even though it's the same game right yeah i mean pick all all the games which give you a charisma talking option mm -hmm. um i i feel like that's every good designer knows that this option can so easily be a get get out of jail free card right and doesn't want to do that because that's boring <laughs> <laughs> then it turns hard or it turns weird and it, it's it is a hard thing to implement to design and write for right right yeah yeah i mean any any kind of situations like that especially when you know they're branching even if it is just a very small like subset of a branching storyline it still becomes a lot of work to figure out what happens if you do this and how does that impact the other actions that you might have yeah. taken right absolutely <laughs> yeah so i get it i get that it's tough but uh i'd love to to see those different options i think it's so cool um part of that you you already mentioned you know you have things like that animalism you have that empathy so uh, this game plays into the structure of leveling you know, it's very much yeah. uh, an RPG where you'll level up, you'll get to put points into things. Can you uh, just give us a quick rundown of kind of like what that RPG or that that leveling up structure looks like within this game? Initially, or like one year ago, half a year ago even, you got XP only for killing enemies. Oh. Like only for combat and nothing else. And then we started getting away for... Uh, this forced you basically to to kill enemies to level up and we i i said we want to go to to add this pacifist option into into it too right. so we started giving xp for discovering locations we want to give you xp for talking to people um there's items which give you xp by consuming them so you don't always have to kill them you might just pickpocket them find this these things lying around in hidden stashes around the world these kinds of things it's still very much in development on how you level up right. but on every level up you get uh skill points which you can assign to make you focus more to, to go, go more into a certain direction uh there's um not in the demo but already implemented that certain weapons need or certain implants uh, special abilities need to have 
you need to have a certain amount of skill points assigned in these skills. Right, right. So you can use them. Yeah. Okay. What's the most OP build? What's the most OP build? Uh, I need to check it again. I've, I've, <laughs> we, I've nerfed a couple of things recently, so... <laughs> <laughs> I so don't what know was, what what was one of the things that had to get nerfed then. What was too the, good? Uh, what was too good was the the pump action shotgun. Oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably going to be a lot of that in the coming uh, early access period oh, yeah. of you know ups and downs with what Absolutely. is good, what isn't. I do enjoy though having some of those uh those different elements like the animalism where yeah. I wasn't even really too sure what it was and I was just collecting these meat creatures and I was like that's yeah. cool. Like <laughs> still need to build out on that one. <laughs> but, but by now you can collect meat creatures and you can throw them. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. yeah less, I, I think when I played in the demo, it was just like harvesting them for yeah, me and I would get now, extra Now you, you can throw them at your enemies and they help you. Oh, very cool. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But, I like, I, mean, I like yeah. that because one of the, one of the things that I, I found was I was running into more of that, like talking and animalism part. And so the combat part was like a little bit hard because, you know, I'm not specking into any of that. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I mean, we have spiders in the game. You should be able to do animalism with spiders, something. Right, right. And I'm still trying to figure out what exactly I want you to be able to do that. I have some ideas, but nothing too precise yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we have a certain boss fight who uses these, these big worms. Mm. And... Uh, I recently tried, okay, what if you can use an, uh, higher level animalism on these worms to make them attack the boss? Instead. Oh, I love Instead. that. And yeah. I implemented it and it just wasn't fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's one of these things in game design which you try it, you see it, it doesn't work. So now we need another, another idea. Right, right. And I know we, we have an idea but it requires some story to happen. So it's not implemented yet, but I think we'll do. Gotcha. We, we gotcha. already have a plan which goes in the right direction. That's pretty so, cool yeah. though. I like the the idea of, you know, the, the iteration of this, yeah. right? Of, of having that confidence to say, hey, let's try it. If it sucks, let's just roll back, right? If Absolutely. it's great, let's keep it in kind of a yeah. thing. Um, let's... Uh, Let's talk about kind of the the combat a little bit more as far as uh, the the different weapons and the abilities that you're getting. So if you are going more into this combat side of things, you can do things like you know you were saying uh, level up your your proficiency with a shotgun. Yeah. But um, other than you know the normal like the weapon, there were these abilities, and one of my I, I love the game started with giving you a puke ability. Yeah. Which I was like, what the, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's there's also a few others. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, just kind of uh, combat and, and abilities. And mm -hmm. maybe if you can, um, obviously, uh, this mm -hmm. is more referencing the early access period. What's some of the things that, that we can expect from like cool abilities or different combat pieces that are in this early access period that's coming out uh, shortly versus what was in the demo? Are there any new things that we can expect to see? So 
Oof. Uh, I, um, right now in the demo, there's the, the implant merchant mm -hmm. where you can see all the abilities we haven't thrown out yet. So there were oh, a couple okay. of abilities more, which we are not using because they were too OP or <laughs> were causing some issues. <laughs> um, these are all the abilities we currently have. There's a couple of uh, special attacks which do special kinds of damage, freezing the enemy, uh, stun stunning the enemy, poisoning the enemy, burning the enemy, these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the blocking ability, which we have decided to, to, to use, that it uses your ranged weapon slot. So you can now spec into a melee fighter who can oh. block, or you can have a melee and a ranged attack. That's cool. That's cool. And there's the, the, the flesh, summoning the flesh worm and the legion of flesh worm abilities, which so many people are excited about. And I'm like, will it come good? Will, will it be good? Or will people <laughs> there's, be disappointed? There's a lot of pressure because, on it now. Yeah, because the flesh worms aren't that strong, but it's a cool ability because it just summons a flesh, like especially the legion of flesh just summons a flesh worm for every enemy you're fighting. Oh, that's cool. Okay. So they fight along your side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good for even if, if they're not, you know, crazy strong you could always use them as uh kind of like meat shields right yeah <laughs> i love it um <clears throat> let's talk from a story perspective mm -hmm. um and i know that you mentioned that we can't go too deep into it because obviously things are still being built out things might change who knows what it is but from a story perspective what's been revealed so far has been uh, a little bit vague right and i think that's intentional Obviously, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I did want to talk about one quote on your webpage, mm -hmm. um, and the quote reads, "But fate might lead you to the bleeding heart or the bleeding head oracle, the ever-growing heart, and towards a war with the machines, giving you the power to mend or destroy." And the reason why I think this is interesting is because it, it goes into that narrative of having these branching uh, paths. Right? Mm -hmm. Is this going to be a game with multiple endings or different paths that you could take? Um, I think it's going to be a game with multiple endings. Don't really know with the paths. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So let me, let me ask it this way because, um, I think this kind of gets to the same, uh, point that I'm trying to hit on is, is, uh, how, how linear versus how open to exploration is this game going to be right like when i think of like a quest line you know you'll, you'll have kind of a couple of side quests or things like that but like is it going to be like a main like uh you're pretty much gonna have to go here 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 and there rather than just like hey here's an open world like explore and kind of figure it out um i think the first playthrough will feel quite linear to the mm. average player. Okay. So I think the first playthrough will feel quite guided. Uh, we are just two people currently developing it. Maybe it will be more in in the long run. I don't know exactly. Right, right. But, but like the, there, there is a certain limit with how much we can actually do and a full-on 
absolutely free world is a really, really hard thing to pull off for yeah, anybody. For sure. Yeah. So I think we're going to guide you. We're going to give strong suggestions of where to go. But we are also making it in a way where you can just not do it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to make, we, we, we are, pre I, I mean, I am already with everything I've designed. I'm preparing for what if you decide to just not do what I told you to and just do something on your own like especially yeah. the, you can kill everybody sure go for it <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm gonna make sure that it still works out somehow <laughs> right right yeah it's it's challenging but i'm sure there's going to be a person who wants to have that run through and that might be one of those yeah. things like like i i i when you mentioned in your first playthrough i thought yeah. well is there a reason for me to to play it a second time and i i think that there is right because you yeah. can make those different types of choices of like yeah i can have my genocide run after i've played the game and be like well what would happen if i just killed everyone in the town yeah i mean people have already found so much replayability in the demo which surprised me a bit because i was i was thinking that demo is already quite linear in this case like you have two or three different builds you can make which makes sense but people just there are some fans which have played through the demo like five times and tell us every time was a very different experience and I'm amazed by this. Right, right. So if if this is a sign of things to come, the game might be a lot freer than what I'm telling you right now. Yeah, yeah, which would for be sure. Good. So I'm, I'm just telling you, my, in my opinion, the first playthrough is going to be a bit linear. It's going to be a bit guided mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with the ability to do your own thing later on once you understand what you're doing. <laughs> right, right. I think that makes sense. Um, now, we are recording uh, this before the early access period goes live, but by the time this episode is available, um, <laughs> for those listeners, the game will already be out uh, and people can you know, check it out if they want to. Um, I asked a bit before on Twitter uh to the the main like death trash account and someone had commented i don't I, i'm sure it's probably that marketing freelance person that you were talking about uh commented on the game and and i asked basically from an early access period will this game be done what you know like what what does early access mean at this point and i kind of just wanted to reiterate that for those listening is basically this is it's like a it's it's you know a vertical chunk of the game at this point with early access coming out now I wanted to dive a little bit deeper, uh, and I don't know if you know exactly if this will happen or if you plan on how to to deal with this. But the the main reason why I wanted to ask this is because, as a person who's interested in the game and a person who, as I said with the demo, knew that you know I wanted to get into it, but I wanted to just save it because of the person that I am. Um, will this game, if I pick up this early access period, I play through, I hit that wall, whatever that might be, right, of of being stuck at like, all right, this is the end of the content for this early yeah. access chunk. Is there going to be the uh, possible situation where you have to reset save files or you have to reset things because things are constantly changing, right? We're trying to make sure that the, that this doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you will. Uh, it's the first third of the games, not all locations. A third of the, the, the just the first third of the story, if even that. Like, it's really just the beginning, and we're trying to make it in a way where 
the stuff that comes later is also more additive, is additional to that. But we also have to just say for our, for our own safety, it might happen that we will break safe files. Right, yeah. We and that's just kind of the nature of the beast because yeah. you don't know what might come about, we, right? Yeah. We, we are trying not to do that. We're giving our best to make it possible to just continue playing it. But we can't, we can't promise it in good faith. I mean, I think that makes sense, right? I think yeah. in, in some degree, like you can't uh, predict the future, right? But yeah. I, I, I just find it interesting because some people will say like, no, that's probably going to happen. Like we, we can already anticipate that, right? Whereas this one is more of like, you'll do everything you can, but if if it comes to that, like you might have to, right? Yeah. And I think it's just, it's it's something good to know for those who who want to get into the early access period of like, if you do, like just keep that in mind. Like this isn't going to be a, a fully fledged game. And I think, I think a lot of people, uh, since early access is such a, a strange uh, title for yeah. games because everyone's game is going to be a little bit different in that period. Um, I think it's always good to kind of give them that insight of like, hey, like, remember this game isn't done like it's still in development yeah. like we're just we're at this like kind of beta phase where you can help us mm -hmm. um now that being said uh and once again this is kind of a tricky one but knowing that it's about like one third of the game right and yeah. you have two thirds left um how long do you think that this game will be in early access um if we're optimistic, <laughs> it's going to be a bit more than a year. So yeah. okay. by the end of 2022 okay. is, right. is the optimistic estimate. <laughs> gotcha. But, yeah. but at this part, like you have a lot of the groundwork, so to speak, yeah. right? Like, and it's more of additive content as opposed to like totally changing up systems. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one year ago when I came... I could play through the entire game exploratively, like looking at everything. I think it took me two hours. Mm. So about the size of the demo. Right, right. Uh, by now, we're, we're, we're saying five to eight hours. Mm -hmm. it depends. I think if, if it was my pe first playthrough, I want to say I would be at about the seven hour mark. Yeah, yeah. So we got, what, five, five hours of gameplay within a year <laughs> while also developing the tools while, right, while we right. weren't finished. So, yeah, this uh, we, we are aiming for 20 hours of playtime. So okay. that works out with the end of 2022. But also, it's optimistic. Things can go wrong. Of course. It might happen. Of course, of course. <laughs> Well, yeah. I hope they don't because I'm very much looking forward to this yeah. game, but I understand that things do come up. Um, this is a quick side note before we wrap up this show. Uh, I wanted to talk about this co-op feature because I didn't even realize this was in until I started doing a little bit, uh, a little bit of extra research for the game for, you know, for today's episode. Um, can you walk me through a little bit of how co-op works in this game? and? Uh, kind of how you're thinking of balancing when it comes to a co-op world. Just because I, I know with a lot of games like this, it's always hard for developers to think like, do we just slap in a second person? Because then it, it 
does change things to the way the game works just from like a difficulty perspective uh, so i'm just interested to hear kind of how uh where your mind is at, at this point of the game so the co-op was entirely developed without my input it was there when i started and it was improved by stefan alone i didn't touch it until yet now okay what i can tell you about it is um last january january we got a bunch of testers we, we just told, told on every channel we said like here's a google survey give us info about you and we'll invite like 50 of you to test right. the game for us and um up until this point the co-op was functional <laughs> like we we knew it worked we hadn't looked at anything regarding how how it feels in the game we just knew it's technically there right right i gotcha and then we got the feedback that it just works oh all right the people were really happy with it like there were some technical minor issues here and there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we just continued doing it like that oh okay well, sometimes so, things just uh, kind of fall into place i guess yeah, it just fell into place i i think we'll probably look into it further down the line properly yeah. like especially balancing and and what what do, what do enemies drop what what loot do you find i think it's is the biggest uh big, biggest thing we can we we need to play around with in the long term because otherwise it might just get too easy no, or maybe we just divide the XP by two, which players get. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Yeah, it's something to think about, but it, it makes sense that it's not like your main focus because it sounds like the experience is, is more rooted in that single player uh, type of expansion. Um, let's finish this up with what question I always love to ask every one of our guests, which is basically some advice. Um, it's for those who are in the indie space. And I, I love from your perspective, especially because, you know, you're, you're just jumping into this company. You're just starting to work on this really. It's, it's still pretty fresh, right? Um, what's some advice that would help you, uh, along the way, right? Like think about when you had first joined as, as an internship, right? What would you have told, uh, past you that would have helped you, uh, about, you know, where you are today? Hmm. just go with the gut <laughs> it, it's really so so much so much stuff so so many decisions which i make are based on gut feeling that okay this is gonna be good this is gonna be this is not gonna be good this mm -hmm. feels good i need more of that or i told you before with that one boss fight with the animalism skill check this is just not fun it won't work right and i think by by now one year working on this game i've proven to myself that my gut feeling is right most of the time yeah 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 i might still be wrong like I, i'm st i'm still waiting for 
people to sit, to, to see something I did and be like and and trash it and say this was a really bad idea, but we'll see it. Right, right. And even if that does come up, though, I think I think the the idea of just going with your gut makes a lot of sense in in certain contexts. But like, yeah. especially when doing this from from you know in an iterative approach of building a small chunk. And being able to show it to people, right? Being yeah. able to say like, is this a good idea? I think it is. And then people mm -hmm. say like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Or it, in that case, maybe they say like, no, this is this is a rubbish idea. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah. And then you get that uh, that feedback and you say, okay, cool. And you go back and you just change yeah. it, right? Yeah. I, th I think it's important to be able to just abandon bad ideas sometimes. Right, right. Which needs to happen every now and again. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's super tough because I've I know as a person who's worked on you know content and created something, you put a portion of your life into it, and when someone tells you it's bad or you realize it's bad, it's tough yeah. to to just walk away. Sometimes, right? You want to just keep adding layers of something to it to make it better, but if it's already at its core not a good idea or not a good piece of content, like sometimes you just need to learn that like it's better to just say. I learned something from this, but I'm not going to use it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much again, Christian, for coming on. Um, for those listening, Death Trash is currently at the time of this going live in early access. So if you'd like to get your hands on this game, you can go check it out. Go, uh, go over to their Steam page. You can buy the game right now for the early access period. You can also play their demo. It's still uh, available. So if you want to see, you know, maybe first check out the demo and then decide, okay, yeah, this is the game for me and pick up early access, you could do that. And if not, you can also wishlist this game if maybe you want to wait for the 1.0 release. Uh, wishlisting also will help the developers. So go ahead and do that as well. Uh, but once again, Christian, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for, thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.